The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Did you know that Beekeepers Naturals is on a mission to reinvent your medicine with clean, effective products that actually work? Every year we make resolutions to be more healthy. And to do that, we need to start by supporting our immune system. That's why Beekeepers Naturals created a whole hive of products packed with immune-loving essentials so you can feel your best all day, every day. I'm currently loving their propolis spray and their bee powered. I take the propolis spray once a day to support my immune system. Bee propolis delivers natural germ fighting properties and antioxidants to defend and protect our bodies. It's sustainably sourced and this spray is made with just three simple ingredients. You'll never find any refined sugars, dyes, or dirty chemicals in their products ever. You can take it daily or when you're starting to feel down and out. It tastes delicious too. I even give it to my little ones. Bee Powered is the most powerful honey on the planet. And it's not just any honey. It's actually a therapeutic blend of propolis, royal jelly, and bee pollen to support your immune system and deliver all day energy. Bee Powered tastes delicious and can be drizzled into warm drinks or over food like yogurt, toast, and smoothies. They are so confident that you will love their products that they offer a 100% money-back guarantee. And if for any reason you're unhappy with their products, they will refund your money, no questions asked. When my kids get sick, I love their throat spray and my kids swear by it. I do too. And it tastes delicious. We've worked out an exclusive deal for Recovering from Reality podcast listeners, you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash reality or use code reality at checkout to claim this deal. That's beekeepers, B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash reality. I recommend trying the propolis spray and bee powered and check out their other clean remedies for you and your family. I swear you will love it. Meet your new medicine cabinet with beekeepers naturals. You can also find beekeepers naturals nationwide in over a thousand stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So are you ready to recover from reality? So no intro this week, guys. We are currently in bed and by we I mean my husband Eva and I are currently in bed after a very long night we took our daughters to go get their ear pierced tonight and it was so cute wasn't it cute so cute aren't you glad we waited and didn't do it when they were babies no shame to anyone who does but you know I'm all into like consent and them making their own choices and so a couple weeks ago Harper came into my my room and said, mom, I really want to go get my ears pierced. And I was like, okay. So we made a little date out of it and it was really cute. It was fun. Yeah. So no intro this week because it's now 10 PM. This episode is due tomorrow morning and we want to talk to you guys about Britney, about Britney Spears. 
Before we dive in, I should remind you guys that we are not medical professionals. That what is said here on this podcast is just our opinion. And we're going to give it to you. This is going to be a really raw episode. And I think it'll be really insightful for people since we kind of have an alternative take when it comes to mental health and wellness and all that good stuff. So where do we begin? That documentary was such a trip. I mean, I think we should really dive into the early childhood stuff because even some of the stuff that I saw back then, I thought was pretty concerning. Wouldn't you say? Well, sure, concerning, but I mean, it's normal. We we have a daughter, Harper, who since she was three years old, younger even, loved, we would go to a wedding. She's in the middle of the dance floor. She's always been a performer and has that. She's been begging us to be, you know, of course, a YouTube star, but she wants to be famous. She wants to be on film. She wants to be on video. She wants to perform. We're talking like two years old. I mean, that was such, that's such a fond and funny memory when she was two and we went to a wedding and these older girls, you know, a little older than Harper is now, she's about to turn eight, did this performance at the wedding, this beautiful lyrical dancing. And then Harper goes up after and she walks right into the middle of the stage in front of a crowd full of people Mm -hmm. and takes a bow in front of everybody and then just starts dancing. Mm -hmm. And it was just this most precious thing. Everyone's laughing and, you know, finding it pretty hilarious. But yeah, she definitely, she's always said that she wants to be a performer or an artist and she thrives at all of these things, right? Like she picks up music really quickly. She picks up dance really quickly. I mean, gymnastics, she's been in gymnastics class for like three months and she's already got all of these different tricks. She's definitely um, a special kid. And I so think that Brittany some doc- kids have that, right? Yeah. And Brittany definitely had that. I didn't see any red flags as far as that went. I did with her dad and with his drinking, with the fact that it was recorded and reported that he said, you know, that he was only doing what he was doing because he believed he could make money off of her when he was sacrificing, you know, and, and, um, Brittany and her mom were going to New York to make, you know, That's Brittany That's the part famous. I was talking about. So we can talk about her dad, but I thought that the relationship between her mom and her was yeah. really sweet. Here's a mom who's helping her daughter to do something she obviously enjoyed doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we also know, especially working in this, in this field, the role of the wife in these types of relationships, when you have a spouse who might have a drinking problem, might have an anger problem, might have some dysfunction going on, you know, and you're just trying to keep the peace you don't yeah. agree. Well, I, I don't know. I, I can only go on what I saw on the on the documentary, which was excellent. I mean, you know, and so you had the different managers who who'd seen him and he, he didn't seem like he was in the pictures is the sort of message yeah. I heard. And when he was in, it wasn't pretty, even back then. You know, so you I think that that definitely plays a role having in 
somewhat absent father in your life and wanting that relationship and not having it definitely impacts you. And I think that there's a way to do it. You know, I think um, childhood stars definitely don't have an easy go of things. And I get this question a lot, like if Harper wants to get into modeling and acting, like how do you protect her? Well, and for most people, it's a non-issue because it doesn't happen. But here you had then Brittany and she does break through. She mm-hmm. does. Well, she'd been on the Mickey Mouse Club or Mickey Mouse show, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, then it was over and she went home and she went back to high school and everything was normal. Well, then she got started signed, touring. basically. Yeah. She started... You know, she 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 became um, a musician. That's when that kind of intersection between whatever was going on at home and what's going on in the larger society kind of collided, and um, that's when things I think got interesting. Yeah, I think that um, we saw something similar with Miley Cyrus in a way, right? So you have these like young, innocent kids who are on Disney and then before you know it, they're teenagers and they're trying to figure out their identity. And I think that that was really interesting too, is that you had this big hit song of hers come out and that's really what made her Britney Spears. I grew up, you know, in this era and I know that you didn't really you weren't really privy to much of this <laughs> during this time period but for me like she was every girl's kind of dream and it's interesting because you have these network execs who are putting her in these scandalous outfits and then you have the public who has such strong opinions about it right you have the people who are idolizing her and then you have the people who are like, she's a slut at 16, which that's absurd. And she needs to put some freaking clothes on. Mm-hmm. You know, Miley, I guess, kind of did it later. She was very Disney through and through until she kind of became Miley Cyrus. But the the theme, the timeline is a little different, but the theme is the same. And the theme with so many of these young women is the same, that they're savaged, they're ripped apart. And um, I don't know of of many who kind of made it out in, in one piece. I don't know of any. Can you think of one pop star like that? Christina that, Aguilera? No. She's also had her own problems. <laughs> they all have had a lot of challenges. There's the... You know, so the the sort of virginal teen, and then they they have this like small window. I mean, maybe the only. But the gross thing is like, why do we care so much about people's virginities? Like, why do we care so much about people's sex lives? Right. Well, you know, we live in a very Christian nation. It's gross. Yeah. Like, why? Why are if you're an adult, period. And you're talking about the sex life of a 16-year-old? That's disgusting. So I've always been interested because I see parallels between these kind of teen 
starlets and and Hollywood and this um, ancient tradition in ancient Rome of the Vestal Virgins. And so they were six, seven or so of these uh, female priestesses. They were all virgins. They had to be. Now, here's the parallel. This is interesting. They're selected um, between like the ages of six and ten. They're then basically conscripted in this role. They're taken from their family and they're put into this uh, temple. They would stay there for 30 years. That was sort of their their term. They would then be freed and freed to marry after, but they had to stay virgins the entire time. If they were caught not being virgins, they were buried alive. They were lowered down into a hole and buried until the the dirt was at the level of the ground. It, I don't, that only happened a few times, but you can imagine, and that's this, that's the roots of this current phenomenon. I think they were kind of the protectors of the hearth. They were the goddesses of the hearth, and they kept the city safe. Any, so much pressure. So much pressure. If there was, you know, say a battle that didn't go well, like a war that was lost, it was kind of put on them. It meant one of them wasn't doing it right. She wasn't chaste or she wasn't praying right or, you know, de- de- devoting herself to the to the hearth. And um, I think this is in that tradition, you know, things get kind of watered down and things get kind of lost in translation. But I believe that this phenomenon, because this, this doesn't happen to Justin Timberlake, this didn't happen to the boy band boys, largely, not even close to the same degree. Last year showed us that you never know what life is going to throw at you. And if you use credit cards to pay for unexpected expenses, it can be overwhelming to manage that debt. Take control with Upstart so you know exactly what to expect. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. With a five minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day and receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com forward slash reality. That's upstart.com forward slash reality. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided by your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash reality. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. 
you know, we were having an interesting conversation earlier, but since the beginning of time, man's desire for power has really destroyed the lives of, of women. I mean, we could trace it back to a thousand years before Christ, you know, this whole idea of, you know, with the witch hunts and killing goddesses because they were afraid that they had too much power, too much connection to earth, too much connection to, to life and to energy and to magic and to the things that men often don't see that women do that emotional side and that that really is our power. Right. And for, well, since the beginning of time, since we can trace it back, it's, often been suppressed most of the times in forms of violence. And what ended up happening with Brittany was just that it was violence. Some would say, well, no one beat her. No one hit her. No one, you know, none of those paparazzi were like threatening her life. But what they were doing was really perpetuating fear. It was emotional abuse through and through before, you know, she became super famous. I'm sure there was aspects of that with her dad and that carried on into the years when obviously, you know, the conservatorship. But with regards to the media, the questions that she was asked, which were just so disgusting. It was also sexist. I mean, the scene with her brother, he gives it all away. He says, oh, we have very, you know, strong women in my family. And it's, gosh, you know, it's it's very difficult. But at the end of the day, you know, they know who the boss is and <laughs> who's in charge. And, you know, he gave the the cat was out of the bag. And, uh, you know, the, the interviewer was like, well, does she want to be free from the conservatorship? And he says, oh, always. She's always wanted to be. But, mm. you know, dad's dad's in charge. And the interviewer was like, well, that's not exactly constitutional. I mean, in in what other world are you able to control someone's finances who's perfectly capable of performing and earning that money? You know, and this is the double bind. This is the this is the double bind theory of even schizophrenia, that if you apply a double bind for long enough consistently enough, someone will snap. And the double bind in families is uh, where you have a situation where there's multiple levels of communication. So you would threaten someone with a punishment. You would threaten a child with a punishment. You must do this or you must not do this or else you'll be punished. And at the same time, there's some threat, you know, that love will be withheld. There's some admonishment, you know, that that this isn't a punishment, that uh, there, there isn't a game being played. And all these weird kind of... Um, dysfunctional dynamics. Dysfunctional dynamics, but double messages. like, And then that's occurring in the culture too, where there's this game we're playing. No one really enjoys playing the game. You have to play the game or else you're, you know, we're going to put you in jail. 
um, and lock you up. You have to not only play the game, but you have to enjoy it. You have to smile. All of these things, like in, like I said, it's the perfect intersection between whatever kind of strange double bind was happening in her own family and a double bind meaning like you can't win. You can't win either way. Mm -hmm. There's no way out. And she was trapped. And the only way you can be free is to sort of leave the field. I mean, she Mm -hmm. really did that in, in that scene where she's doing her comeback in Vegas and the big announcement, and she's up on the stage. She literally leaves the field to be like a football player, just like walking off. And she just walks off the field. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And the way she cut her hair, you know, she didn't want people touching her anymore. And she cut her hair, which was sort of her symbol, that like blonde hair, which, you know, probably wasn't really blonde. But that's the symbol of America. And she says, you know what? You, you don't get to have this anymore. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was beautiful. It was all she could do. And instead of seeing that as like an empowerment moment, people saw it as, oh my gosh, she's lost her mind and she's crazy. And maybe for a moment she did, in quotes, lose her mind. But that's really the moments that led to to her dad being able to take this as evidence to court to get a conservatorship well, that's over the double her. Bind. It's disgusting. That's the double bind. You can't win. You you try to take back your power, and that's a sign that you're you've gone mad or you're mm-hmm. quote unquote crazy. And then that that they could literally lock you up in the United States of America, which I suppose we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, the land of the free is not so free. We incarcerate people at a much greater rate per capita than, you know, China or whoever the sort of uh, second most uh, yeah. most carceral state is. Yeah. One of the notes that I wrote down was the loss of sovereignty around or over oneself. You know, losing that autonomy is earth shattering, you know, and I, the first thought that came to mind is it's like being raped. It's like just a complete powerlessness. It, I mean, that's, that's how I feel. You know, when I, when I was watching this, I was like, she has no more authority and you just give up in that moment where you're like, well, they're just going to fuck me over anyways. So I might as well just lay here and take it, you know? And it's interesting because this conservatorship has been going on for over a decade now, which is absurd. And I, I want to talk about conservatorships uh, in one second, but I just want to finish making this point that her choice now to say, well, I'm not working. I'm not going to work for you people anymore. That's brilliant. It's, it's like she's saying, I'm not going to let you fuck me anymore and keep screwing me like this. I'm not doing it. So fuck you guys, you know? And it's interesting because at the end they were like, well, there was this talk about how she can travel and take trips. Like as if being able to travel is somehow like freedom. That's like saying, I'm going to lock you in this cage, but occasionally I'll put some toys out for you, you know, but you're still in a cage. You're still in a cage. You're still screwed. What's interesting is that I have an uncle who's severely schizophrenic. I mean, he's stolen cars in psychoses. He's 
committed lots of crimes. He believes he lives in another world. Half the time, he doesn't even know his name. Gorilla people are everywhere. I mean, we're talking very severely schizophrenic. I think gorilla people are everywhere. Well, yeah. These people look very cool. I remember being a little girl and watching him draw them all the time. And this was before he kind of broke from reality or our reality. His reality is now different. And my family has fought for years to get a conservatorship over him. So that way they can have help because his father passed away. His mother's older. His other sibling is in no position to take care of him. And we don't know what's going to happen. He's incapable of taking care of himself. If he does not have somebody to help him with his medications, with eating, with staying in the house, staying calm when he's in one of the more challenging episodes, he needs support. They can't get a conservatorship over him despite all of their, you know, attempts. Well, the problem too with schizophrenia is there are no good facilities like long term mm-hmm. I mean there's what are called board and care facilities there are no pleasant places for people with schizophrenia to be we're afraid of people with schizophrenia we're this world isn't well suited for people with schizophrenia I mean and by this world I mean America they do a lot better in other countries where um, hearing voices isn't as stigmatized as it is here. Again, I think where there isn't this kind of relentless grinding pressure to be normal, quote unquote normal, and, you know, to be successful and to work. And, you know, here, if you can't work, you aren't worth a damn. Yeah. And um, people with schizophrenia scare us. They say something about us that we're not prepared to hear right now. One of my favorite people who invented the double bind theory of schizophrenia named Gregory Bateson, he wrote a paper about it in 1956 uh, when they were working with this population at the VA hospital in Menlo Park. Um, He would make friends with them, the patients, every morning. He had so many great stories. He'd sit with them and get to know them and try to kind of get into their symbolic world and, you know, what what these different metaphors might be and and things like that. And um, he talked about this one fellow and they, they became friendly. And and uh, one, one morning, his name was Ed, and he says to Bateson, he says, Bates and I lived in your world from 1940 to 1952, and I don't like it. Hmm. You know, um, there's this idea that we need them to be more like us. But if you learn about America and kind of scratch the surface a little bit, you see no one in their right mind would want to be just like us. And so Bateson would talk a lot about the bridge, the bridge work between this kind of poetic world that they lived in where everything is symbol and metaphor and our prose world, our prosaic world where we're rational and everything's in kind of linear sentences. It's very serious. Well, it is. And, and both are good. He's not saying one's better than the other. 
Both are important. In fact, you know, you need them to be in a balance, these two worlds to be in a state of balance, that one shouldn't kind of overgrow and hypertrophy uh, and crowd out the other, and that the sacred thing is um, the bridge between the two the bridge between the two and you know that may involve that bridge that sacred bridge work bridge work he called it that bridge work that relationship involves listening and you know that's something we're not that good at and to actually hear and so to hear this young woman what her concerns were. I mean, she wasn't even, it wasn't even safe for her to say so. What if, what if a very famous interviewer just, you know, made some comment about your chest, your breasts, and you wanted to say something right then and there, but you couldn't, you had to behave in a certain way. You had to accept that. And, you know, you had to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone wearing this outfit because that's what they said you had to do. And then you're going to get ripped apart. And then get ripped apart for it, knowing you would be ripped apart for it. And we live in a culture that loves to rip people apart. And I, you know, I was just about to say, Evan, what, why does America make people so mad? And mad isn't even the right word because it's like when you have that break from reality, which I've had, you know, my mental health struggles over the last decade where you're just like, I can't do this. Like, this is crazy. This is not sustainable. I'm literally losing my mind. Maybe I need to go into a, like a psych hospital. It's like, no, the problem isn't with you, Alexis. The problem is that it is literally impossible to keep up in this world like this. And I think I've said it a million times on this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. The way that we are operating as a society is just not sustainable. So, Can you break that down a little bit, like from your perspective? Because I always love to hear your perspective. I just read a great, I don't have a perspective, but I'm definitely, I have a curious mind. So I'm always reading and um, I wish I could remember his name, but I just read a paper, um, a guy, he wrote a book, I think of the same name. It was called um, Bullshit Jobs. And so obviously, as we know, all of our manufacturing jobs have moved overseas years ago and we now live in this kind of service economy he says there's another layer it's even worse than that that there's these administrative jobs there's all these there's financial services there's corporate law there's this whole new sector this administrative sector and then all of the sort of back office work that supports the uh, administrative sector and all of these people were working you know 40 uh, 50 hours a week in an age where everything's been automated. Technology really could handle all of this stuff. In 1930, a, um, economist, uh, Keynes predicted that the way technology was advancing that, you know, in a hundred years, so we're just about there in a hundred years, uh, everyone would be working 15 hours a week, which actually makes a ton of sense. And what's, and in fact, in the next, by the way, 10 to 20 years, we're going to have 10 times the efficiency that we have now. So that number could, should, and could be more like five hours a week to do all of the work that we need to do to keep the world turning, to keep 
things that we need or things we that we like. We have all these warped ideas about work and how hard well, exactly. that we have this like, you know, this, this weird belief system around how that we must work, well, that exactly. our value is equated to how hard we work and we'll break ourselves down just to keep up with this belief. And so many of the jobs nowadays too, by the way, like dog washing, this, this guy talks about in his article, say you're, dog washer, dog walker, uh, all night pizza delivery. Those are to service the people who are too busy to do those things themselves, fast food, because they're busy working. They're busy working bullshit jobs that absolutely mean nothing and are dumb and unnecessary. And guess what? They may be working 40, 50 hours a week, but they're probably actually on paper, they're probably actually only working about 15 hours a week because the rest of the time they're on Facebook, they're on social media, they're organizing a dumb conference, they're attending a dumb motivational conference or whatever. I mean, God knows what people actually do at work. I think there's certain people who are actually working, you know, that if they disappeared tomorrow, we'd be in big trouble. By the way, they're often, you know, the first to, to you know, be uh, cut back. And that's the thing. So corporations will downsize, there'll be layoffs, but somehow this class of bullshit jobs only grows. But anyway, I mean, they're, they're meaningless. They mean nothing to anybody. I mean, someone could have a job where they think they're, you know, contributing to the world. Maybe they're not. Who knows? It's a very subjective thing. But no one in this, very, very few people in this world today feel like they're actually doing something meaningful. Um, you know, and that's what I think Brittany in the beginning set out to do. She set out to do what she loved doing, which was performing. And she was attacked almost immediately for, you know, not being... Christian enough or virginal enough or people just wanted drama and they wanted to drag her down and all the males around her did just fine and are still, you know, in their career, you know, yeah. uh, and she's not. When I need to blow off steam, I've started playing Best Fiends, the top rated and possibly the best mobile puzzle adventure game. Best Fiends gives you hours of fun, casual gameplay that never gets old with thousands of levels plus new content and events added all the time. So when I need to unwind, I can always count on Best Fiends. I know personally, I always like to keep games on my phone for long drives or long flights because you never know when the Wi-Fi is just not going to work on your phone. That's where Best Fiends comes in. With Best Fiends, there's something new today and tomorrow and the day after that. Literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. So if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Just don't blame me if you become slightly obsessed. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or on Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft 
the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. My favorite is the Organifi Green Juice, which is a superfood blend with a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps to reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Another favorite of mine is the Organifi Red Juice. It's a perfect caffeine-free afternoon pick-me-up. It's loaded with antioxidants to reduce oxidative stress on the body and give you a natural energy boost when that 3 p.m. fatigue starts to set in. It tastes like fruit punch, yet it only has one gram of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or milk for a simple on-the-go drink with no messy cleanup or hassle. Organifi doesn't compromise quality or taste. They take pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to be less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com forward slash reality and use code reality for 15% off any item in the store. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash reality and use code reality for 15% off any item. The men played a, a big role and we know that. I mean, JT's apology came several years too late and honestly wasn't that great. And obviously her dad still has this conservatorship over her and all of the paparazzi in the documentary took very little to no responsibility whatsoever for her uh, mental health crisis that she faced. Not to mention the fact that this is a woman who just had a child and was pregnant with another baby. Those moments are already so trying for a woman. And it just speaks volumes again to like our ass backwards, you know, society and our societal beliefs around women and motherhood and just how little care we have or reverence we have for mothers and for young children and for their safety and for the respect and care that comes with early motherhood. We just don't have it in this country. And so she got picked apart in those tabloids, but it wasn't just men. It was women too. And I think it's really sad how as women, we have been, how do I want to put this? As women, we have been so indoctrinated into this very masculine, dominant, puritanical, and quite evil society and system at play here that we have lost that divine feminine nature inside of us. And I see it throughout our culture. And I think that it's really sad that it's just so easy for us to jump on other women because we've been fed the lie that we need men, men to be in power, men to take care of us, men to basically control everything because we're not capable And so when we see women who are thriving, 
in their sexuality, in their divine feminine, in the flow of that kind of energy, we instantly just shut it down. Yeah, we don't we don't see other people having fun. You know, we don't no. we 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 see something that kind of goes against the mainstream and it must be suppressed. I mean, I think it's that way for the, you know, quote unquote mentally ill, that way for someone who wants to live in an alternative way. You know, and going back to that 15-hour work week, Imagine if people had the time to look after mothers, look after children. I mean, you know how many unpaid caregivers there are in our society? I mean, starting by recognizing and valuing the things that people are doing uh, for no money that ought to be valued and, and uh, you know, compensated. Um, raising children being probably the most important thing. And then imagine all the people who say, rather than watching somebody dance and sing, could actually learn how to dance and sing and dance and sing themselves, you know, that we live in this spectator society. So, you know, and Brittany was a part of that. She was a big part of that, that who has the time, who has the time and or the resources to go and do voice lessons and dance lessons and music lessons and learn. I mean, those were the things that brought us joy yeah. for so long. And all we do is we watch it and our jaws open and we're watching on a screen and we are a spectator society. We don't even know we're involved. I, I was, um, we were up at Big Bear a couple of weekends ago. And I mean, I'm someone who myself was raised on, you know, hours and hours of TV every day and, you know, probably still stare at my phone all day. And I was probably staring at my phone and I'm standing at a bus stop waiting for the, what do you call it? The little, uh, lift, not the lift, the, the car that takes you to back up to the, the shuttle. Yeah. The shuttle. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word. So I'm waiting for the shuttle. It had been snowing. It's kind of, and these cars are driving back and forth on the street. All of a sudden, this one car, it's like he did it on purpose. I'm standing right at the front of the line. He comes and he goes through a puddle. And I see in slow motion this huge wave of slushy, slushy black muddy. snow <laughs> coming my way. And I'm looking at it like as if I'm watching it happen on a TV show. Mm -hmm. And I don't move. I just stand there. I've been trained to just stand and watch. You know, we see it. We see it when someone's distressed, someone like Brittany in the world who's clearly being mistreated. And what do we do? We sit and we watch. We read about it in the tabloids. We, judge it. we don't say anything. We yeah. don't jump in. We don't say enough. You know, that's why I love the uh, Free Brittany Gang. You know, and, and, and I'm sorry it took me so long to kind of come around and realize what a story this is. And, and, and um, there are people who got involved and there's many, many ways we can get involved. And I think, you know, the very first way is kind of educating ourselves into every time someone is being singled out for being mentally ill, stop yourself and ask, what does that even mean? What does that mean? What are we even talking about? She's not mentally ill. The, these We're terms. the mentally ill ones. That's the thing is like, if you think you're normal, you're not. Like if you 
that's the thing is like we're so conditioned to think that this is what normal is and our society is so far from normal it's so far from a normal healthy functioning society because if it were a normal healthy functioning society you wouldn't have 50 percent of the population on antidepressants exactly you wouldn't have millions upon millions of people who we're going hungry, one out of four children right now. You wouldn't have a society that's locking people up in disproportionate numbers. You wouldn't have a society that is still okay with cops gunning down unarmed black people, pepper spraying nine-year-old black children in the back of cop cars. You wouldn't have this dysfunction. We are conforming to this system thinking that this is normal and it's not. We're playing the game. We're accepting the rules. And the minute someone questions the rules, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. We label them as crazy. We label them as crazy and we judge them and we shun them from our societies and, or we lock them up or we put them on crazy drugs that don't work and instead really actually harm their chemistry, brain chemistry, long-term. And we ostracize them. And what happens when we do that is it actually makes them crazy. Imagine being a homeless person on the street and all day long people just pass you by Mm -hmm. and they make a point, in fact, to ignore you. So your isolation, your feeling of isolation, and, and with COVID now, I think everyone if they didn't know it before and the chances are good they did, now really knows it and knows what kind of extreme isolation might feel like. And that's your life. You've been abused in a lot of cases. You know, child abuse is rampant. Economic stress is uh, extremely common. I believe everyone's traumatized. And we're just continuing to perpetuate the trauma by not healing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and, and by not healing, like, what does that mean? It means, first of all, I think... Um, Waking up to the fact that we're not crazy. Yeah, not asking these questions. Yeah. Not asking these questions. And it's, you know, it's it's risky. What and are the questions we need to start asking ourselves? Why are we here? What's the point? What's yeah. the point? Why are we here? What's the What's the goal? What's the purpose? Um, What's important? What what do we value? What are we capable of? Not whose fault is it? Because I think so many of these things are these, you, you pointed out, these ancient habits. But what relationships are contributing to these problems that we see everywhere? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a little girl guide. I just read uh, about her the other day. I guess a couple of years ago, she was looking at the box of Girl Guide cookies and sees palm oil on the list of ingredients. Girl Scouts. Girl Scout cookies. Uh-huh. I was like, Girl Guide, oh, what are I'm you sorry. talking about? Girl Scouts. I'm from yes. Canada. We call them Girl Guides. But, you know. <laughs> so Girl Scout, she's eating the Girl Scout cookies and selling them, notices the ingredients palm oil, had read somewhere, thought she heard, does some research. And sure enough, in Indonesia, little girls her age are basically doing slave labor picking these, you know, palm fronds that they're um, grinding down and turning into palm oil, which is in 40% of our 
foods. Uh, foods in the supermarkets. So we're all involved. We're all involved. And so um, there's just the perfect example. Like we're a culture who uses slave labor, child slave labor. You know, to get our iPhones, to get our iPhones, our diamond and, jewelry, right? Well, and, and the batteries um, for our cars, all of this stuff. And I'm thinking of other uh, specific examples. So, yeah, mica in Madagascar is being mined by children. There's the coca plantations in Ivory Coast, where uh, Neil Ketchell, who I thought was a wonderful liberal fellow on MSNBC, why. Well, Turns out he's an attorney, and he was arguing on behalf of uh, Nestle USA and Cargill in front of the Supreme Court a few weeks ago that those companies uh, should not be held responsible for the use of child Bad slaves. Labor. These uh, there's a there's a number. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but a number who'd been abducted from Mali and taken to Ivory Coast. You know, where again forty percent of our cocoa comes from. So these kids are going trick or treating. And consuming Nestle candy. Not just Nestle, 40% of all the chocolate. All the chocolate. And it's coming from children Mm -hmm. who are working as slaves. Yeah. And so this is what we're involved in. That's the actual world. And I know it's difficult for people to hear. It's difficult for people to hear. And I just want to say that if you feel like your brain's going to explode right now, you're not alone because I still feel this. Even though I'm aware of all of this, you often feel like you're going mad. I often feel like I'm in a break from reality right now. And it's scary, but it's like, that's actually a good thing because well, good what, what is reality? Something. It's good when you can point to something because I believe even when you don't know that that's happening, you still feel you like you're crazy. don't know what's happening in Yemen, you can't figure out, gosh, something's bothering me. I'm just not happy. I got all this money, you know. I got all the things that I was supposed to get because that's the rule of, of the game. I'm supposed to get all this stuff and work real hard. Now I got it and I'm miserable. There's something wrong. There's something missing. And so if you believe indeed that we're all connected, you can feel that. There's a field. There's a, you know, people have called it different things, a morphogenetic field that we are all one kind of ecosystem. And that kind of, you know, Alan Watts didn't even talk about a mystical experience. He talked about ecological awareness as a mystical, that's what a mystical experience is. So it can be difficult and it can be blissful. It really depends on what we kind of bring to it, what we do with it, what we collectively do with this beautiful, amazing power we have to manifest Mm. reality. And we can manifest these kind of hellscapes and we can manifest a beautiful paradise and restore nature yeah. and free children and cherish children and protect children and love children and watch them play and give them all the tools they need to have a good life. Every person on earth, we could house, feed, and clothe every person on earth and have plenty of time left over to actually enjoy life. You know, and I think Britney Spears was someone who was sensitive to this pain of the world because it's there for all of us, whether we kind of, you know, how we deal with that pain varies, but here she was and she was, um, 
kind of at the brunt of the sort of misogynistic kind of entertainment money machine. Well, that, that dark masculine, that darkness that's here, it's very masculine. It's very domineering. It's very toxic. Pink Floyd, welcome to the machine or Mm -hmm. have a cigar. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So where do we go from here? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think we as individuals have to do anything. I think it's happening. I'd say thank God for the free Britney movement. They're they're doing us all a favor by helping us become aware. That documentary was excellent. And I think we just need to kind of start looking around and seeing more examples of this to slowly ourselves kind of bring ourselves into an encounter with the reality, which can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Of course, always looking for the beautiful, always looking for the good, because if there was no good or beautiful, um, what would be the point? But we see that life itself wants to bring forth more life. We're so conditioned towards anger and judgment and pain and suffering, though. It's almost like we're so used to the suffering that we were too afraid to move away from it. Right. Well, you know, and, and um, I'm trying to remember who, who, who said it, but we're so angry because we feel safer there because take away our anger and what we have left is pain. And so though that's where new life springs from new life will spring from the sort of decay and kind of chaos of this this world but we have to kind of get to that stage i mean if we're imagining that this is great this is normal this is fine you know then we're not going to get very far and if we're not willing to face who we really are likewise you know we're not going to get anywhere but once we you know learn to accept ourselves in full, then, then we can grow from there. And really, I mean, I think COVID, however awful it's been for so many people, it's given us this huge opportunity to evaluate so much. It's, it's uh, shown us who we are and it's given ourselves um, a huge opportunity to really just change everything. And I also think you know, and, and in the course of writing the book, as I'm writing it, I mean, there was a whole section initially that we like needed to help, you know, convert Nazis to the light and, and all of this. And no, I no, don't think we had no, to do any but, of that. So listen, the power to, to exclude, to, to sort of ritually like expel people Mm. is not to be taken lightly. Lightly, yeah. It is the most grave, uh, serious. There's nothing kind of worse that could happen to someone. Imagine they have their name taken away. They have their bank accounts, you know, frozen. They have everything. They're cut off. When it comes to Donald Trump being kicked off Twitter, I think it was the best thing that Twitter ever did. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely... But, I mean, I'm talking about, like, actual Nazis, actual abusers. I think um, Donald Trump is an actual Nazi abuser, but yeah. Could be, for sure. But what I'm saying is, I mean, and look at the, the main point is that we've been locking up, excluding, punishing, 
the wrong people. It's not of that. Course. It's not that even we're not, you know, initially as I was initially writing, I thought, gosh, it's just this like limbic fear. We need to know that we're like provided for, that everything's going to be okay. Well, guess what? A lot of people aren't provided for. A lot of people don't have yeah. any security whatsoever. And a lot of people have plenty to be afraid of. And I think, in fact, we all have plenty to be, to be afraid, afraid of. of. I agree with that. And it's just that we don't know. We were never taught the most valuable thing we can do. I think Harold Bloom, the literary critic said, the most valuable thing we can do is learn what we need to be afraid of. And I think the same goes for learning who really ought to be behind bars, uh, who ought to be shunned and excluded from our society, you know, and it's certainly not my personal individual decision to be made. However, that decision is made, you know, I just hope it's done very carefully because these things can go very wrong. But the the point is that the wrong, the main point is that the wrong people have been punished, jailed, up, punished excluded. and killed and all yeah. of the things. And I agree. I guess what my point is, is that I encourage everybody to learn to liberate themselves and to be that light in the world. It, it took two seconds for me yesterday to walk into the grocery store and grab a $2 sandwich for the homeless man outside. It's, it's so small acts of kindness. I think often I was talking to you about this earlier. We feel like our life's purpose has to be this huge thing. And it could be one interaction with someone where you actually change and transform their life. One small act of kindness. And that could be what your life's purpose was. Learn, explore, try to live kindly, move out of judgment and shame and blame, question the way that we've been living and operating, do things that you love and care about other people, find a cause that you care about and join it. Do you have anything you want to add to that? How could I add anything to that? Well, you could. You're a very wise man. That's why I married you. You're changing the world. I'm grateful. I think the world's changing itself. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm just doing whatever I can to help. Hmm. I hope we can all do whatever we can to help. And in the meantime, I'm joining the Free Britney movement. I've always been a, a fan of this whole movement. I think that she deserves her sovereignty. I believe that she deserves peace and freedom and to to live a beautiful and abundant life. I believe we all do. One that is rich in beautiful relationships and in real true freedom. You know, we can't take that for granted that we get that. Do you have anything you want to add? What could I add to that? Oh my God, shut up. Okay. It's been real, guys. Thanks for joining me, Ev. And until next time. Oh, I want to add one more thing. You can now follow Evan on Instagram at It's Evan Haynes. 
This week's affirmation is, I am free to form my own opinions and decisions. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at Recovering From Reality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 